welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast, the show where we take a look at the ag tech and food innovations changing the future of farming. Hello and welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast. I'm your host, Steve Honor. Owned by Andrew and Nicola Forrest, Harvest Road is part of one of Australia's largest private investment groups, Tatarang. As a proudly Western Australian, end-to-end agri-food producer, the company is plotting a course to rewrite the script when it comes to animal welfare and environmental sustainability across its three core brands delivering premium beef, seafood and horticulture products. Our AgriFutures Evoke Ag contributor, Megan Woodward, caught up with Paul Slaughter, the CEO of Harvest Road. He's about to mark his two-year anniversary with the company, and according to him, anything is possible when innovation technology and respect for heritage combine. Here Paul shares more about the strategic direction of Harvest Road, its notable investments, and their long-term plans. There's a number of reasons why I decided to to, uh, to join Harvest Road, and I, I guess the greater uh, Tatarang and Mindaroo organisation. Um, uh, probably the first and foremost is it's very cause-based. Um, with the stewardship and ownership um, from Andrew and Nicola, um, you know, they're really doing amazing work in so many spaces that, um, that can change people's lives and change industries and uh, leave a positive footprint on the environment. So... Fundamentally, that was the first thing that really attracted me. The second part is the, in terms of the Harvest Road business, it's really in a spot that I love and, and incredibly interested in. And I look at it as not just ag, agribusiness or um, agriculture, it's actually an agri-food business. So it's actually a, a diversified food business because primarily our fundamental assets are beef assets, but uh, we're expanding very much into aquaculture, into beverages, um, horticulture, into plant-based spaces and, you know, keeping an eye on uh, future food trends um, and innovation to uh, to make sure we're, we're abreast of that. And, um, you know, we're in a fortunate position to really go after some of those opportunities um, and, uh, you know, and capture those opportunities. Um, so that's that's what really attracted me as well. And third, thirdly, I'm uh, a passionate uh, Perth boy, having grown up here and worked for some of the big uh, global companies in consumer foods, uh, such as Procter and Gamble and Arnott's Campbell's, etc. But fundamentally, my heart lies in Perth. It's a wonderful place to bring up a family, and uh, I love everything about Western Australia, and I love the food of Western Australia and the produce that we produce here. So that that really attracted me as well. And uh, you know, I, I haven't looked back um, since uh, since joining. I've really, really enjoyed the time, and uh, you know, it can be challenging at times, and we we run hard, but um, certainly we're you know we're growing rapidly. We're making a difference. There's nothing quite better a match when personal values align with organisational values and it sounds like you've definitely found that in this role. Talk me through Harvest Road exactly. For someone that's not heard of it before, you've given us a bit of an overview there, but to break down a bit more, if someone walked in and said, what's the elevator pitch, who is Harvest Road, what do they do, what does that look like, what does it sound like? Look, it's um, I guess the elevator pitch is it's a it's a premium uh, West Australian fundamentally at this stage agri food business um, that's got that's underpinned by sustainability um, and in sustainability in everything we do. So our vision is to deliver Australia's best sustainable produce to the world, 
and we we do that by championing championing what's great about um, certainly West Australian produce and soon to be Australian produce, um, building on our integrated supply chains that we that we're building, um, really working with our partners um, and customer partners, trade partners, etc. Because we're yeah you know, we're a big player in in Western Australia particularly, um, smaller on a, a national level um, for sure, but. Uh, uh, a lot of people rely on us and we rely on them concurrently and it's a really healthy relationship um, to have that. And um, we really look to lead the industry on sustainability, um, including um, community support, environmental uh, stewardship and uh, animal welfare. So, you know, it's, it's a long elevator pitch, but it's um, it's a very diverse and interesting business at the same time. What are some of the, the bigger investments that have taken place to date that are sort of, I guess, moulding the long-term plans of what Harvest Road is and does? Sure. So we have um, our foundations of our business uh, date back um, to 2008 when Andrew Nicola bought back um, Mindaroo Station, which was the um, original family farm, I guess you'd call it, uh, up in um, uh, the north, north part of uh, Western Australia. From there, everything else is built. Um that was remained in isolation in terms of an agri perspective until Harvey Beef was acquired, uh, the processing facility uh, in Bunbury. And um, that was uh, acquired in 2013. And there's quite a history and story behind that, but Harvey Beef's been going for, for about 102 years. So it's a, it's a, it's in a, one of the original mainstays of uh, production in Western Australia and gone through various changes of ownership over the years, but we picked that up in 2013. So we've made um, significant investments in Harvey um, since that point. But fundamentally, um, the majority of our investments to this point have then been made in the integrate, building an integrated beef supply chain. And there's very few beef companies in Australia that are fully integrated, um, meaning that they handle everything from genetics and breeding um, through to grow out and, and backgrounding um, into feeding facilities uh, and then processed um, and uh, boxed or into packaging and out into customer land, um, both in Australia and globally. And um, there's only really a handful of, um, of companies in Australia that actually um, touch all that uh, those points. So some of the investments we've made and some of the big investments we've made um, are in the beef side of um of the business and the and the agricultural footprint, so we've acquired up uh, around just over three million hectares of prime pastoral uh, and farming land, and doubled our footprint in the last twelve months. In fact, um, with the acquisition of Springvale, which is which is um, uh, has imminent settlement, which is about six hundred and thirty thousand hectares up in the Kimberley to Belfer Downs which is east of Mindaroo, actually, and that's also a big station, uh, not too dissimilar to in, in size and scale. And we also acquired New Norcia, um, which is prime farming land northeast of Perth, right near our feeding facility. Um, and uh, that uh, that acquisition comes online next next March. Um, so we bought that off um, uh, the church, actually. So that's, that's one part of the acquisitions that we've made, and we're investing heavily into infrastructure, into land management, into biodiversity, into cattle stocking and genetics in that in that part of the business. Um, the second part of the integrated beef supply chain is our feeding facility at Coogen, which was um, an amazing facility. Uh, it opened late last year. We're building the cattle numbers up gradually. That houses 60,000, approximately 60,000 head per year, uh, really in three tranches or a little more, 20,000 standing. And that has been designed in conjunction with Temple Grandin from an animal welfare perspective. So our density is very low. Uh, we have 
um, fully shaded areas. It's uh, been designed to uh, accommodate uh, cattle flow incredibly well and um, enable uh, effective cattle, um, cattle handling. So really, really first-class design in terms of the cattle feeding facility, and that was about a $72 million investment, so significant investment for the state. And West Australia is not a uh, feeding facility or um, feedlot state either, so that's thrown up some opportunities for us and also some challenges in terms of you know, education of the state as to how big feedlot uh, can, um, can, can operate and work and uh, work synergistically with industry. Uh, and then we've invested significantly in Harvey beef to be able to process the additional uptake of cattle. So we're on a, we're on a journey to, um, to invest uh, towards sort of 300,000 head per year, which is still, you know, not, it's not uh, huge in terms of national scale, but it's getting up there. And uh, we're, we're currently processing um, a couple hundred thousand head um, per year. So big investments to get the additional capacity and, and flow through to be effective. And that's an ongoing investments we're making in that, um, in that facility. So that's the beef business. And with that comes investment in people and infrastructure and all the things you'd normally expect to see out of, uh, out of a real growth business. But fundamentally, we're looking to take our, um, our cattle intake off our own stations up to sort of 30, you know, 30 um, plus percent. But uh, we'll always have a, um, a need and a desire to partner with local producers to, to supply the majority of our, of our requirements uh, for processing. So that's the beef business. On the aquaculture business, we, we bought a couple of aquaculture leases down in Albany and we've made significant investment into the infrastructure of Albany and still going. Uh, we're developing uh, hatchery, nursery, processing facilities at our Albany um, site at Emu Point. We've uh, acquired uh, additional water leases. And we have about 400 hectares, close to 400 hectares uh, under lease or will have shortly. So quite a sizable uh, footprint. And as part of that, we've invested heavily in innovation of a product called a koya, which is a Japanese oyster that the Japanese use for pearls. And we're using it for the flesh of the of the koya itself. And it's a brilliant product. And it, um, it has the benefit of growing uh, vertically on dropper lines rather than horizontally across shallow water. So it leaves it leaves next to no footprint it, and it has a very small um, space footprint, um, hence. And we've developed innovation to um, automatically pull the lines up and remove the akoya and then they snap freeze. We'll box them and get them out to fine dining restaurants and premium food outlets um, across Australia and the world. So that's really taken the world by storm. So it puts significant uh, investments into the Albany shore base, the aquaculture leases and um, the associated branding and uh, people and systems behind that. And now we're investing in uh, horticulture and particularly up at Carnarvon at our Brickhouse station. Uh, in three crops um, at the moment, being um, uh, sweet potatoes, mangoes, and agave. Uh, and we're also scoping out, we've invested in plant-based um, assets and we're investing um, uh, heavily behind uh, uh, getting beverages uh, business off the ground at the moment. So really across categories, honouring West Australian produce, um, majority of it food, some some beverages now, and um, your heavy, heavy, heavy time of investment and in infrastructure uh, build. And uh, our focus now is really on getting the whole the whole thing to work together. And therein lies, I guess, the the mighty challenge you have on your plate right now. Sort of just taking notes as you've been giving that incredible overview, Paul. I mean, 
new to the feedlot industry, a temple grand in design, no less, the, the dropper lines, that spatial awareness in aquaculture, agave for horticulture, I guess, breaking into sweet potatoes and mangoes in an area which ordinarily was up against it commercially and um, I guess the competition side of it. So you've definitely not done things by halves here. Definitely on that road to, I guess, positioning not just Harvest Road but Australia as a global leader in this high-quality agri-food production and innovation. What does it take? I guess my very my big question to that long-winded question is what does it take to make sure all these things strategically align? What does the, the playbook look like? It's really interesting. When you bring in the other businesses that uh, Tatarang has, so Tatarang has six business units, you know, whether it be um, five, eight uh, from a property perspective or Wiley Metals, for example, um, from Z1Z, which is premium luxury assets, uh, it creates an incredibly eclectic mix, eclectic and exciting mix of um, assets and businesses. And, you know, we've got some amazing people um, that are attracted to the organisation because of the diversity of activities that we're in. Um, and, um, and that's just the commercial side of it. And the philanthropic side has actually greater diversity with um, 11 really or 12 foundations now uh, doing amazing work all around the world, environmental work, um, you know, thriving by five for kids under five years of age. So, so really, really uh, diverse work. What makes this work and I guess what, what keeps me up at night is, you know, we've, we've, been through rapid growth and with rapid growth comes both opportunity as well as uh, you know challenges those challenges are uh, like any other business where you need the systems and processes and people to support that growth and one of the exciting things for us is you know we've got as one of our 10 values is stretch targets also values like courage and determination uh, where it's Andrew and Nicola really encourage us to to have a go but always have a solid plan B so you know Plan for plan A and really have a crack at plan A, but don't be blindsided by just, you know, single-minded in achieving plan A. If it's clear it's not going to work, you fall back on your plan B. But mixed in with that is a very, very strong sense of integrity. And, you know, it's it's not what we do, it's actually the way we do it is the most important thing within Tatarang and Mindaroo. And it's, I'm proud to say that Harvest Road and all the Tatarang and Mindaroo businesses, it really is about, how we do it is the most important um, attribute, I guess you'd call it, to how we conduct business. The courage and determination really comes to the fore to have a crack. The stretch targets, you know, it, it really um, sets the foundation and the tone for us really going for it. And we're in a fortunate situation that we're in, a, you know, we can do that. We have the resources at our disposal, but it's also very, very commercial enterprise, the, the Tatarang side of it that I'm speaking about. And, you know, we... One of the things that we hate is um, is waste. So frugality, our frugality value comes to the fore on a regular basis. So you can see how these sort of values really interweave with how we do business and our approach. But the enablers for us are really getting our systems right, our processes right, um, our people motivated and engaged and understand their, the part that they play in delivery of our strategy of delivering Australia's best sustainable produce to the world. And making that all come together. And it, from a mindset point of view, it's fascinating because we're constantly, and I think I think I'd probably speak on behalf of all the businesses when I say this, we're constantly looking to the future, but we're also making sure we're executing what we've got. And and no greater case is, 
you know, in terms of Harvest Road because we've made significant investments, multi-million dollar, multi-hundreds of millions of dollars investments in the last 12 months alone. And we've got a responsibility and obligation to um, to deliver a return on those investments. So for us, it's not losing sight of the growth opportunities that present themselves. And we're finding that's a combination of us searching for them, but also they're coming to us on, on a much greater level now. And they're coming through different areas too. So we've got a you know, fully fleshed investment team, for example, that um, handles most of the big um, central acquisitions. So they come in through different method, methods. But for us, it's about keeping an eye on that future and the opportunity and continuing to build our business, but also ensuring that we constantly focused on the execution. And that comes down to the ability of our people, getting the right people in the right roles, motivated against the right activities, understanding our key drivers, um, getting our integration, integrated supply chains to work um, cohesively, uh, ensuring that we're satisfying our customer requirements and bringing this whole thing together. So, And that's what I find particularly stimulating is this, this constant focus on the future, but ensuring that we, we bed down our current. I guess that what um, gives you was building an incredible market advantage and the fact that it's a an organisation that everything you've explained there is sort of intrinsic WA attributes, I guess, which makes it such a, a solid offering. Do you see that your success and future successes also plays an advantage to the market advantage of Australian farmers as a whole? If this can be looked at as something that, look how well this is doing, it gives, I guess, a, that boing, look over the fence, how else can we all push ourselves to innovate and drive and continue to break into new markets? Do you see yourself in that role? Yeah, we see ourselves in a leadership role, even though we're still relatively small in scale and size, and we're West Australian-centric at the moment, and we're proudly West Australian-centric too, I would say, because we're parochial, West Australians and sand gropers tend to be, uh, and that's a good thing, I think. But we're certainly not excluding, you know, uh, sort of future investments on across Australia, I guess. And one of the one of the investments we've made in a plant-based business um, that has the brand uh, Meat & Co, Proform Foods, uh, is an example of that Sydney-based. And that's a great little uh, business um, full of innovation. So we're really getting getting in behind that business uh, and backing that business and, and you know, sort of helping helping in with our expertise and, and uh, resources. On a state level, we really both see ourselves in a leadership role, as well as having an obligation to help industry achieve certain targets, particularly, which are, you know, will be challenging for industry to reach certain CN30 targets, for example, and to help industry be seen as leaders in sustainability, whether it be carbon reduction, elimination, biodiversity, uh, welfare, community support. So we're really, really seeing ourselves as a leader in these spaces. And, for example, on the community front, we support over 40 separate community Activities, clubs, programs across up and up and down the state, right from the the Royal Show, the agriculture with the Agriculture Society, right down to local events. Um, for example, two weeks ago, we were a, a primary sponsor of the Darren Field Days event, which is the biggest machinery agricultural machinery event in Western Australia. And I spoke at that, and we had a massive marquee out there showcasing our products and food. And that's it's a show of support for industry, not necessarily mainstream food. It's more, more leaning towards um, equipment, but it's a support of the overall industry. So we see, we see ourselves as having, you know, responsibility in that front. And there's probably no two, there's probably a couple of examples in this. And when you talk to uh, Scott Straw, our sustainability lead, he'll talk at length about this. We've been leading a joint project with the MLA and DPIRD, the um, local vision of the local government here, to, on a carbon mapping 
exercise. And it originally started with scope one and two, our own uh, measuring our own emissions, and we understand what those emissions are now, and we've got steps in place to um, you know to address that over over time. However, what we've moved to is scope three to understand what our total supply chain emissions are, because we're reaching the most areas within the beef industry, for example, and ensuring that we have developing and assisting with the programs that can actually help the smaller to medium-sized producers, for example, or other suppliers, um, become carbon neutral. And we see ourselves as, as having an obligation in that because a lot of these you know, a lot of these farmers or people don't have the resources at, at their disposal as we do for these types of activities. So if we can help them on their journey, then that's a good thing. Now, if we amplify that across the country, we're also now reaching into the eastern states on sustainability particularly, and we're finding that people are listening to what we've got to say because we're, we're doing some really great things, um, such as investments in uh, future feed uh, with the Sparagopsis and you know, extracting the bromoform out of um, the seaweed into um, into oil in um, in feed. We're leading the charge now on renew- renewable energy on our own uh, properties, including um, scoping out feedlots in the in our abattoir at Harvey, for example. We're right into soil se- sequestration um, at, at around Coogeon. We've introduced a covered area lagoon at Harvey, which takes the um, the waste products turns into biogas, and we feed it back into Harvey to to power our um, our gas requirements. And then we've declared Lewin Coast brand at Albany the first carbon neutral brand in Australia, if not the world. So we've done that through um, smart business practice and, um, you know, hopefully we can help others do the same over time. So as we build our size and scale and profile across Australia, that naturally helps overseas. Um, but from an overseas point of view and helping, helping, I guess, promote brand Australia and brand WA, you know, we've got some of the most pristine environment anywhere in the world to, um, from an agricultural perspective particularly and, and none more so than WA and adversity of climate is also um, extreme so you know we go right from the wet uh, seasons up north in the Kimberley right down to very temperate climates down to Albany um, in the south of the state and that produces unique characteristics of the supply chain but also of quality and consistency for example so in us telling our story and what we're doing and how we may be able to help others in the industry is good for industry, I think, and also helps us take a form of leadership position to promote Australian agriculture. You know, we had a major customer who represents one of the major uh, chains around the world in town last week, and we took them up to Mindaroo Station and to our feedlot and to our abattoir, and they really had the experience of Harvest Road. And you know they 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 left just going oh my my goodness you guys are, are, are walking the, walking the walk and you know that that helps resonate back when they're talking to international retailers for example that you know there's some great stuff going on in Australia not just with us but across the industry in general and uh, that's good for uh, for Australian produce uh, producers yeah so we see ourselves as, as leaders in this space um, certainly certainly within Western Australia and we're looking to take a a greater and greater stake um, in that in that sort of um, space, uh, both across domestically and internationally. Absolutely. It's an incredible platform you've built and will continue to build. I'd love to know from your perspective, sitting in your chair today, what does Harvest Road 2032 look like in 10 years' time? What will we be talking about? What would you have achieved should all go to plan? Carbon neutral? All going well <laughs> would be my first thing. Employer of choice would be a second. So really, really been known for a fantastic place to work on so many fronts. 
will always be challenging and we always challenge ourselves and others we work with. But I think that creates progress cause-based. So really getting behind key issues, key industry issues, you know, none more so at the moment than um, our, our biosecurity issues of uh, foot and mouth and uh, lumpy skin. You know, whatever we can do to help raise the profile of the need for us to tighten security <clears throat> around these issues then is a good thing. So really, um, you know, in that space, uh, having a stake of it. But look, we'll be an example of what good looks like across an integrated beef supply chain. Um, we'll have an aquaculture uh, brands or aquaculture brands that knocking the lights out in some of the best restaurants around the world, including European restaurants. We'll have a diverse portfolio of businesses that have merged, um, some that won't even be thought about, that'll be fully operational and doing great things in this space, um, innovating, having a sustainability uh, footprint and uh, driving growth for ourselves and our partners. And we'll have we'll we'll be big we'll be part of a much bigger enterprise, being Tatarang and Mindaroo, who who will no doubt continue to grow at the, at, at the pace that they have been doing amazing things in all parts of the globe in so many so many great spaces. So that's how I see it playing out. I mean, I could put a size and scale around it, but that's boring. So for us, it's really about you know what are we looking to achieve and how are we looking to support our people, our industries. How are we looking to be stewards of the land and how are we looking to take a leadership position globally? It's no small feat, but I've got a feeling if anyone can do it, it's you, Paul Slaughter. Thank you so much for joining us on the Avocag podcast this afternoon. We've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the time. Thanks, Megan. That was Paul Slaughter, CEO of Harvest Road, speaking with our Avocag contributor, Megan Woodward. To find out more about Harvest Road and to read the full article, head to avocag.com and search Harvest Road. And don't forget, tickets are now on sale for our 2023 Avocag Down to Earth event, which will be held in Adelaide, South Australia, on the 21st and 22nd of February, 2023. If you're interested in joining us at the two-day full-scale global event, visit avocag.com for more details. Thanks for listening today. My name is Steve Honor, and until next time, have a great day.